Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 133. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, the Mac Attack. Hey everybody, with special guest Aldo. And Ian. I don't have any special guest with me. And Terry. Hi everyone. And the dumbass himself. Hey Brian, did you get my seven-page handwritten lawsuit? <laughs> <laughs> the, the one against me for slapping you with a tuna? No, no, not that one. Oh, the one not that, that one. Uh, <laughs> Different the, one. The one that says that uh, homosexuality is a sin, a delicious, delicious sin that we should engage in immediately. Mm, I did get that one. Along <laughs> with guys, the other one. go get a room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Atuna is a, is a villain from the Submariner comics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, that one dropped. Yeah. Ian, you should have at least known that one. <laughs> I'm not replying to you. I can't Google fast enough to figure I, I don't that. encourage this stuff. You know, if we're only making jokes for 1% of our audience, we're in big trouble with our two listeners. <laughs> our two listeners. How do you do? What's 1% of two? <laughs> All right. For the other 99%, it's actually a tuma. Oh. This right. would be a perfect time for somebody to chime in and go, it's not a tuma. All right. Well, that's another one of the can. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) See you all next week. (laughs) Uh, Boy, is everybody ready for Comic-Con this weekend? I am. I am. Cool. I I will be there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, only 50% of the cast seems to be going to this. I'm shocked. Uh, Less than 50. I'm not going. I was saying cool because you guys are going. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It's two-fifths. Yeah, I'm going to be the assistant director for the Joss Whedon Shadowcast, where we'll be shadowcasting uh, Dr. Horrible Singalong blog and the Buffy episode once more with feeling. So, so. What, do you, what do you do with a shadowcast? I guess I don't understand this. The, the show will be um, airing behind us, and we'll basically act out the show in Okay, front of so it. it is like the um, Rocky Horror Picture yes. Show. Okay. Okay. That's far less interesting than I was thinking. I thought you were going to do things with your hands and make shadows. No, I thought probably. it was penis puppetry. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we cover that on another episode? Oh, family <laughs> friendly. Oh, not our show, but the, you, what you're doing. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it should be a lot of fun. All right, a lot of good guests this year. I will be there. Is there a lot of good guests? I mean, most of them dropped out because they made the mistake of doing it over a holiday. Oh uh, yeah, no. Karen Gilliam from Doctor Who is still going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just got a couple from Once Upon a Time as last-minute additions. Okay, and those are good guests. Yeah. Okay, all right. I'll take your word for it. Who are the people from Once Upon a Time? Um, Oh, uh, Robin Hood and the actress that plays um the Wicked Witch. Okay. Oh, okay. You're talking – Okay, Which you're Wicked talking, Witch? Um, the TV show. Yeah, and you're talking um, – I can't remember their names. Not Regina, but uh, her sister. Right. Okay. Okay. And author-wise, Jim Butcher will be there. Oh, he's actually going to be there. Yes. Oh, I didn't uh, realize Author of the that. Dresden Files. That I've met him once awesome. before at Mile High Con. He's actually a really cool guy, and he'll be there again. Um, I I know a ton of the local authors that'll be there, of course. I'm trying to think, it's a good lineup. It really is. Actually, uh, of the only uh, so far, I only care about Karen Billy, Karen Gillian, and Jim Butcher, and maybe Jim Butcher uh, Butcher over Karen Gillian actually. I don't know. That's that is uh those two are are are, are 
are pretty good. But there's a lot of cancellations. Yeah, there was a fair amount of that just popped up. But... Oh, but Luth Ferrigno will be back. Yeah, although I'm not. I kind of met him last year and wasn't overly impressed. Well, you hey, didn't... I actually know who that is. Yeah. You Isn't be... he the guy who played the Incredible Hulk? He is. He See, is. I knew a thing. Yep. I knew a comic One. thing. <laughs> you know... But there will be a Word Science reunion, Anthony Michael Hall and Kelly LeBrock. Yeah. There so will I be guess... an Animaniacs reunion, basically a lot of the voice talent for the Animaniacs cartoon show. Okay. Um, I remember all the other stuff. Um, I'm looking at the site now. Sean Austin will be there. Um... You know, this con is really sci-fi pop culture. Calling it Comic-Con is really kind of a misnomer. Yeah, but that gets uh, attention to it. Well, but here's the thing about this con is that anybody can go to this and find something that they're interested in. Oh, yeah. It, it, is, it, it spreads so it spreads the gambit. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else? Very good. Well, let's masturbate with the masturbation <laughs> moment. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Hey, so I'm covering um, from the website Atlas Obscura, which I've mentioned before is this amazing website. Uh, the Kanemara... Matsuri Festival in Japan is a penis festival, and the pictures on our link are just fantastic. It's just this huge street festival. It's like a street carnival and a parade and uh, phallic food and all kinds of stuff. So according to an an origin tale dating back to Japan's Edo period, (laughs) a serious case of vagina dentata affected a local woman and by proxy her honorable suitor. Thankfully, the local blacksmith forged a cure in the form of an iron dildo. The shrine remains dedicated to this blacksmith to this day. More real, realistic versions of this story touch on another outbreak on an outbreak of syphilis that swept the area in the 17th century, and the shrine's longtime meeting point for prostitutes congregating to pay for protection, pray for protection against the illness. So the day's festivities have a Shinto ceremony, and there's a procession with um, ancient portable shrines. And comically large phalluses, which is just sounds. Well, fantastic. I'm looking at the picture of them eating something that looks like a phallus, phallus-shaped uh, popsicle. Yep. I think I'd have a hard time um, with that one. Why? Why? I don't think I could eat penis-shaped foods. I really, really, I, I can't picture it. That's it. That, that, I've not I know, tried I, it, but uh, it just I don't think I could do I'm, it. I'm I'm getting you a penis lollipop. <laughs> that settles it. I have I I've actually had um, breast shaped chocolates and I had no problem with that. Yeah, I imagine. But Do no. you, have you had a regular popsicle? Because that's yeah, I've there's had a, a website fairly phallic. I know. But there's no. a there's a website where you can send people a bag of dicks. A, a <laughs> message: Eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> And nice. if they're like gummy penises. Well, as a joke, I do have a box of um, penis pastas. Have you tried I've a just? Have you tried just a regular penis? <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I if, if if you did that, it would probably Ian. fix the popsicle. <laughs> Ian, do those uh, do those come with a recipe for cream sauce to go? With them? <laughs> <laughs> also, second thing. Um, the legend about the uh, thing with the iron dildo. Uh-huh. 
I now know what the sequel title for The Man with the Iron Fists is. <laughs> hey, but in all seriousness, um, Terry, you seem to have glossed over something here that I don't understand, and I'm going to show my ignorance and ask this question. Yes. Um, vagina dentata? So teeth in the vagina. And What? So I, <laughs> I know. There are um, – that was my first guess, but I thought that couldn't be right. Yeah, no, it's not. I think it's metaphorical. <laughs> There's uh, all kinds of legends about uh, vagina um, dentata, so I'm, I'm Wikipediaing it right now to make sure I get it right. I mean, if you're fucking a demon, okay. <laughs> There's all kinds of like uh, coyote tales about um, vaginas with teeth in them and things like that, and so it's interesting to me that toothed vaginas is a cross-cultural thing. Um, yeah, it's metaphorical. Um, in rare cases, according to Wikipedia, teeth may be found in a vagina uh, in the form of dermoid cysts on the outer layers of embryonic uh, skin, skin cells. Okay. But I, it's, um, you know, it's it has to do with the mystery of vaginas and dark, scary places of vagina. <laughs> you know. So, well, okay, but then that raises the question: If you're a doctor who specializes in teeth in a vagina, what is your specialty? What, what, what would they call Gynecological that? dentistry. There we go. <laughs> so that's not a song from The Lion King, huh? <laughs> Vagina dentata. Vagina dentata. So the best part about this festival, though, aside from the image of grandmothers sporting glasses with penis noses and um, eating phallic street foods, um, the festival stays true to its origin story by honoring sexual awareness and community prosperity by donating all proceeds to organization, organizations dedicated to HIV research. So it just looks like a just crazy fun um, thing to go do. I, I, I'm going to say for the record, I would eat that penis popsicle. No problem. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, yeah. I kind of want to – I mean, Ian, I don't want to shame you, but it's like it's basically the same as eating a normal popsicle. A, a, actually, no. <laughs> I, I, Food-wise. I do want to shame him. I do want to shame him. <laughs> Ian gets to feel how he feels. No, no, he doesn't. He's wrong. There is something to the sensation of your lips opening over the the bulge at the head and then closing down around the shaft. That's kind of nice. You know what, Ian? Go suck a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I think I could do without that. (laughs) Wimp. (laughs) Oh, I'm just, I'm looking more closely at one of the pictures. So the, if you, if you scroll over to the picture of the, um, the it lolly. looks like a box with a giant pink penis on top of it. Yeah. And there's a painting on the side of a box, on the side of the box below it. Uh, it looks like he's like, I don't know. His dick is so large, he needs like a strap to hold it up. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I assumed you know, it was reins and he was steering it. Like. Yeah, it maybe so. The bit you'd have for a horse to guide a horse around. I'm trying to zoom in here. For research. <laughs> For research. Well, there hey, also appears to be a horse tail, too. I, yeah. I love the penis popsicle here. And so, so the, the shaft is white with this big red head. <laughs> <laughs> no, There's weird. something wrong with that penis. There's actually yeah. a Japanese children's book, and for the past like half an hour, I've been, I, I think I have some images saved on my system somewhere. Uh, I haven't been able to find it on the internet. Um, it's a book about a uh, a young boy who wakes up to find that his penis has been ha- has been like incredibly elongated and it's like snaking around the town. Wow! <laughs> this is the prelude to Japanese penis porn, right? 
<laughs> what I also like are these beautiful, at the shrine, the image of the shrine, there are these beautiful wooden placards that people write, you know, like wishes or prayers or whatever on the backside and hang them up on the shrine. And oh, the front yeah. side is this lovely little uh, penis graphic. Yeah. It's like a pentagon kind of shaped wooden piece. Yeah, I'm looking at that. Yeah. I also know what every prayer on the back of those is. <laughs> what do you think the prayer is? Matt? Well, I can I can tell from the characters what the Japanese word for Viagra is. <laughs> oh, no. It's probably, you know, given what I know of uh, of uh, Nihonization of Jap of uh, English words, it's probably Viagra. Nice, Viagra. Viagra. I love how open it is, though. Like, there's no shade. Everybody's ha having a good time. There's I think I would pronounce the V more than F. Viagra. There's not really the like. This would be hard to pull off in the States. You, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> Been here since my Japanese class. Dumbass is right. And you know I'm what? Right too. They probably call it Viagra. They probably call it by its American name. Well, well yeah, but it would it would actually have the uh, Viagra. Oh, I see. Because they don't have a every every syllable in Japanese has a noun after it. Bigumaku. See, the, yeah. the Japanese letters are actually in syllable right. form rather exactly. than our consonants and vowels. Yeah. Hey, Ian. Yo. I do want to shame you for just a second. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking about the eating a regular shaped popsicle, like a one, <laughs> <laughs> like a single, not the double wide, the single wide popsicle. And how if you hold it, have you ever held it in your mouth and like, uh, you know how where your lips are, it gets a little narrower and narrower, and there's a big bulge of popsicle in your mouth, and then that part breaks off. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of the same idea. <laughs> Tori, you're intriguing me more than normal tonight. How about, how about I mean, long neck beers, right? I mean, is that not phallic? Uh, it's so funny. Long neck beers, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, All those rednecks so yes, sucking on dicks. Oh, yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> so the title of this podcast is Let's Skeeve Ian. <laughs> <laughs> let's curse Ian out. <laughs> uh, well, let's let let's get even a, Ian a chance to redeem himself while he sues ne Nebraska over homosexuality. Well, no, the Nebraska woman was su suing all homosexuals. Oh, right. So the, um, yeah, okay. <clears throat> a... a uh, 66 year old Sylvia Driscoll decided that somehow she could speak for God. Uh, and she called, she, she put out the claim that she is an ambassador for God and his son, Jesus Christ. So she filed a federal lawsuit against all homosexuals. On behalf of God and his son, yes, Jesus because Christ. She is an ambassador for God. Right. She but, has decided that. So, I'm not quite sure how you go about. Um, officially contacted God and saying, hey, God, you know, I will be your ambassador. But apparently she did no, God, it. God recruited her, I bet. Uh, well, I mean, here's here's the thing is that we've got to get a power of attorney signed for this to be legal, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think that what we ought to do is fill out the power of attorney and then leave them in churches for, for God <laughs> to sign. Right? We'll fill it out for God. So all he has to do is sign it. Right. Well, you, you'll need someone to notarize it, so you know. Oh, that, to yeah. It. Yeah, that 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 is going to be. Yeah. So we need a notary. So we need to put in every church. I just send it to Bob Saget. <laughs> I, I I suppose we suppose we could. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, God save Bob Saget is our Lord and Savior. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> if uh, if George Carlin was still around, that's the man I would want to notarize it. You, you guys aren't Sagittarians? Uh, no, apparently oh, we're not. No, sorry. No. I've got some literature for you. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, anyways, he ha- um wrote out a seven-page handwritten. Um, I'm not even sure what you'd call it, uh, I, because it doesn't even read like it's an actual lawsuit of any kind. Uh, I love that she has one line that starts out, "Your Honor, I've heard the boasting of the defendant." <laughs> you know her her cursive though is lovely she has very good handwriting it's her spelling that's the problem yes but the cursive writing is a lost art i don't know if seven bra- if seven pages can be considered a legal brave <laughs> but no. so in, in the article that they show you her seven handwritten pages and then they um type it up for you so you can actually um you know read it better but she goes on and on about um, homosexuality is a sin. God says homosexuality is a sin. Blah 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 blah. Um, and another no, line. Mm. I, Sylvia have... Ann Driscoll, contend that homosexuality is a sin, and that the homosexuals know it is a sin to live in homosexual live a life of homosexuality. Why else would they have been hiding in the closet? <laughs> <laughs> and she goes on like that. She kind of repeats herself a fair amount. Um, never quite getting to a real point as to what the lawsuit's about. But basically trying to say that she wants the courts to officially declare homosexuality to be a sin. I, Sylvia Andriscoll, write these words to you, Your Honor. Every good father and mother knows that it is not just being able to give life to a child that makes a parent. What in the fuck is that even about? <laughs> Defendants, homosexuals, in regards to paragraph 3, line 4, because <laughs> God loves them. <laughs> <laughs> We're suing you for your own good. <laughs> and what, like we were saying earlier, what the hell outcome is she hoping to? Uh, like, does she want recompense of some? I kind? don't know, but Dan Savage was hoping to be deposed. Yes. <laughs> but it. so uh, this article came out on the fifth of May, and um, th- there was an update added two days later, saying that yeah, it's already been thrown out of court. Yeah, it it, it is. Which I mean, isn't too surprising. No, I mean it was no. ridiculous, right? Is, is this is this just for her fifteen mm. minutes of fame? Well, she can have I, it. Quite frankly, she deserves I, she deserves all fifteen minutes. <laughs> I honestly, I think that this is probably her deeply held belief, and maybe this is the only way that she felt that she could that she could act on this in her conscience. But uh, it's it's really. It's a nuisance lawsuit. Yeah. It is a nuisance lawsuit, absolutely. Can you imagine the shit, like the sh- waste of time b- bullshit that had to happen? He had to, like, he's going through his docket for the day, and he's like, oh, fuck, he comes across these seven handwritten note, <laughs> you know, like three reminder pages. Well, it was probably typed well, up by then. All he really needed was to read the first few paragraphs and <laughs> throw it out. I mean. Yeah, and at least... Actually, I like the president's this set because it even says this court is not the place to seek opinions regarding theological matters. Oh, great! I, I want to hear court say that more often. No kidding. That, that's Scalia. Scalia I mean, to take that to heart. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think there's a judge in the country who would who, who thinks that it's his duty to rule on what is or is not a sin. That's not a part of the law. Right, but by well, sense, actually, that's that's probably not true. There are judges. It might that be true rule. in Canada, but I think there's probably a lot of judges in the United States that 
feel it's their duty to rule upon religious matters. Scalia. But, yeah. Well, Scalia. certainly, yeah. that, certainly any judge, anything they say, if they rule that something is a sin, that can't be legally binding because there's no law about sin. That's true. Right. Sin, sin is a made-up thing. I mean, sin, sin is only a problem if if you're religious. <laughs> I mean, if you're not religious, I mean, it, it, it there is no sin. Well, if your religion prohibits, calls that whatever thing a sin, right? Because different religions have different sins. Well, here's the thing, though, is that this is only on behalf of God and Jesus Christ. What if your Holy Ghost money shot? I mean, you did the real work. The Holy isn't it in the Bible? The Holy Ghost will come upon you. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's that's who knocked up Mary Magdalene so that we could have Jesus in the first place was Holy Ghost, Mother Money Shot. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, his his reasoning on this is actually really good. And by the way, I particularly love the graphic on both these articles. Uh, it's a, it's a clip from The Simpsons. Old man yells at cloud. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it is very true so not to harsh on sylvia andriscoll too badly but at the top here where she has the list of the plaintiffs and the defendants that is such an abuse of apostrophe s yeah. i just can't even stand that i hate that you're not you're not harshing on her you said she had beautiful penmanship she does have beautiful like the only redeeming quality of any of this is that she does have beautiful penmanship. okay but here's the thing though how do we use this to shame Ian is the really important part here. Oh, see, I already did my work shaming Ian. You guys have to go now. I shamed him too. Mac? Uh, <laughs> oh, for we're all... shame, Ian. For shame. There's a lot of passing the buck going on here. <laughs> I don't want Ian to kick me off the podcast. All right. I but... have a kid of power? <laughs> what? No, you don't. <laughs> and why would we kick anyone off? We actually... You know... Come, join us. That's right, exactly. <laughs> we need more. <laughs> we need more girls. We do we need more. That's, well, that's always the case, right? We always need more women voices. Yeah. To shame Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shaming Ian, as we go on to this next, uh, this, this next article, I, I do think it's time for an intervention because the, the article, the place where he got this article, you know, well, I mean, the place I got from is the Mary Sue. Well, okay, okay, but it all goes back to the, um, to the, to the Return of the Kings blog, which is like crack for you, sir. <laughs> it hunts me down. <laughs> I, I don't go looking for articles about Return of the Kings. They uh -huh. hunt me. They find me, and I'm like, oh, hey, this is something to bitch about. That's what all the addicts say. So, for <laughs> listeners who didn't hear our Return of the Kings episode. It's this amazeballs insane website that some guy who hates women put together and he spends all of his free time. Like if, uh, if this plaintiff was handwriting that thing, imagine how long that took her. He spends twice that energy in putting up this website, um, just being a dick to all women everywhere for being women. It's really yeah. horrific. It's very abusive. It's, it is very abusive. And you can contact Ian at his, web, at his email address at that domain. <laughs> Send your hit mail to Ian at AmateurSkeptics.com <laughs> Okay, well, anyway, the article uh, Before the movie even hit theaters People at Return of the King um, Aaron Clark, Clark Return of Kings, not Return of the King Oh yeah, Return of okay, Kings, Return of right Kings. Return of the King, <laughs> it's right. good it's, Lots it's, of Aragorn, <laughs> Return of Kings, bad No Aragorn Okay. okay. All right. Return was, of uh, Kings Aaron Clary, is what it looks like, um, ha the, called for men to boycott the new Mad Max movie. Why? 
because uh, apparently it is nothing but feminist propaganda. Yeah, yeah, because now, apparently... he didn't give any specific examples. So I'm uh, I'm assuming from because I read the original article most of the way, and uh, I from what I gather, it's just because a female character who seems to be kick ass and be able to be more part of the film than a man. So apparently Charlize Theron is is a driver, and she just has a really good wit about her, and she's good at putting together a plan, and she's better at certain things. And he, 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 was, he was upset that apparently she barked an order at Mad Max? Yes. If Mad Max is feminist propaganda because Charlene's, Charlize Theron steals the movie, does that mean that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is raccoonist propaganda? It's I a fair it's okay. question. I think it's okay if the raccoons are boys. I think it's all good. Well, I mean, uh, uh, let's face okay, it. Okay, you, you think that it wasn't Groot that stole that movie? Mm, I am Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. Well, um, who was the... Uh, I can't remember her name now. The, the female in that, she, who was totally Gamora. awesome. Gamora. Oh, I know. Sorry. Gamora. Gamora was definitely, by far, the... I mean, she was the powerhouse. Oh, Nemesis. Hell yeah. Nemesis. So the two sisters kind of stole it. They, I mean, they, they were, yeah. Nebula, you mean? Nebula. Nebula. Nebula, yeah. Nebula and Gamora. Yeah, the great characters. Actually, you know, there were so and many we'll great lines and mo- movie-stealing moments from every character in that movie that you really can't say any one character stole it. I, there were parts in there where Drax was the funniest character in the entire yeah. in the entire scene. Yeah, I mean the raccoon was cool. All the all of the characters in that were cool. They had their moment. That that's a great film. I I enjoyed it. Yep. All right, back to Return the King. The Return uh, Return of Kings. Return of Kings. Garbage. I don't know. Is there anything more to say on this? I mean, a bunch of a bunch of pigs well, are I, I upset. Well, I put in a article that actually um, is saying that Mad Max Fury Road is the feminist movie of the year because of how powerful that character is. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. Yeah, it sounds really it, good. I am I am of a different opinion, but okay. I I honestly I looked at it. I thought, you know, I remember the original Mad Max movies and. They really weren't that good, and now they can't do. They can't put Mel Gibson in it because he's pure box office radioactive poison. So they have to get somebody else to be Mad Max. And let, eh. let, me, let me point out something that they said about the uh, the Return of the Kings article that the person writing the review hadn't seen the movie. Yeah, but I'm not saying I'm not going to see it because it's it's. It's feminist propaganda. I'm just saying I'm not going to see it because I'm just not interested. Oh well, that's fine. I I wasn't originally. I wasn't thinking I'd um, try to see it in the theater, but I keep hearing so many good things about it from everyone that that's I'm really where I tempted was. to. Yeah, that's that's where I was. I wasn't going to see it in the theater. I just I was going to wait till it came out and see it. But I may go see it now. It's yeah. a good Sunday morning flick when everybody else is at church. And apparently, um, one of the scenes has a, a really cool front of the car that's nothing but amplifiers and a guy playing a guitar that shoots flames out of it. Yep. I have that in a role-playing book, actually. For It's a Palladium book for Robotech. Okay. So it's stolen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, but you actually get to see it in actual action. So stolen or not, it's probably going to be pretty cool. 
So, yeah, but so one of the things that, that, that actually was interesting is that the person very astutely pointed out that the person writing the article from the, from the, uh, the Return of Kings blog had not seen the movie, that it was clear that they, that they hadn't seen it, that they were just basing it off of something that they had heard. Yeah. But at least they're telling people to go see it, not, not to go see a movie that they're not willing to go see anyway, right? So they're, at least they're consistent. Right. Yeah, the final paragraph of this article, um, the ultimate purpose of what everyone's up to is preserving the freedom and dignity of the liberated women whose well-being is essential to any possibility of relaunching a sophisticated civilization where barbarism is no longer the order of the day. That's what this dude is objecting to right there, (laughs) preserving (laughs) the freedom and dignity of liberated women. (laughs) He would prefer barbarism. Yeah, well, enslavement, I mean... Yeah, yeah, that's his preference, too. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, he just wants women to admit that they're inferior to men. That's right. What a whiny <laughs> motherfucker, too. Like, everything I've ever seen from that website is just the most whiny baby, crybaby yeah, it, stuff It ever. is all, it's poor me stuff, right? Yeah. 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 Well, you know, what can you expect? You he know doesn't what? actually know it, any women. It, it is it is this ongoing thing with this men's rights thing where where it's this idea that they're really nice guys and because they're so nice they're not dateable. But once as soon as they find out that the woman's not going to date them, they turn into complete assholes. These nice guys. So they clearly weren't nice guys from the beginning. <laughs> Everybody it's, thinks they're a nice guy. Well, most people do. It's this weird feedback loop, right? Where they, the angrier and the more jacked up they get and the crazier they get, the less any woman wants anything to do with them at all, ever. And that just feeds into their anger at women. And so then they get angry and more jacked up. And it's just like it's this self fulfilling, terrible shit show that they put on for themselves. I, I, I can't imagine that I would be married if, if I had that kind of attitude. I just can't imagine it. Yeah. I mean, it's like I'm doing this whole podcast just so Terry will sleep with me. And the moment I find out that she's not gone to, she's out of here. I'm out of Did I tell you oh. I'm in a bike race, though? You, you, <laughs> so, so you set this whole thing up years before you even met her just for that? Exactly. Can you Weird. can you believe my foresight? Well, you need to enslave me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd well, like it's that. It's a certain aspect of male culture in certain places. I mean, like, <clears throat> they kind of think that... Uh, they think the world uh, owes it to them. Yeah, well, they think that uh, the thing about being a man, if you're if you're a man, you've got to get the girls. And if you're not getting the girls, there must be something wrong with your manliness, and they can't deal with that, so they have to write it off as, well, there's something wrong with the women. That's a really right, exactly, point. right? There's Yeah, because there's clearly nothing wrong with them. And they think that being manly and being masculine means being angry and volatile and abusive to but, women. You right, know, it's but, like it, it's like bullying yeah. almost or something. I can't. It's pretty yeah, ridiculous. It is. They're not strong enough to be decent guys. Well, that's the whole thing is that they, they're not growing up enough to really it's, be. Yeah. If this culture, like uh, in certain places, this toxic culture about manliness. And if you're <clears throat> if you're a man, uh, you have to make people bow to your will. And if you're not making if you're not making people do what you say, then you're the bitch. You have to make uh, because then you're you're feminized, right? If you if you're not on top, you're bottom, and so that makes you effeminate, which is the most horrible thing ever is to be compared to to woman, right? That's oh, that's I, weird. I, I that almost on bottom. This it's almost the way the way you're talking about it. It almost sounds like they're 
the the people from this Return of Kings website are actually from like a prison culture. <laughs> you know, I think it kind of I think there's huh. a parallel to just the hierarchy that they imagine in their heads in the world. Well, now we know what those inmates are doing from the prison library. But they're learning webmastering, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> learning a skill. <laughs> the, the the other interesting thing about the I think it's, all, it's not the, all just hammering out license plates anymore. The second article in here points out that Charlie Theron is clearly not physically a match for Mad Max, but mentally, you know, they she, they find other ways to make her a very strong character, which I think is an important thing that we need to re- remember. I mean, because it is true that women are never are. Are most likely not going to be as physically strong as men when it comes to superheroes and stuff. I think that that can be ratified, but we but so so strength is not just physical strength. There's a lot of other ways for somebody to be a strong character, or a strong person, yeah. and and so and so that's one of the things that they kind of point out. Well, the here thing is that, the thing about physical strength is like it's a continuum. Mm-hmm. So and it's like um, it'll be a bell curve and with a lot of overlap between men and women. And on the upper end, you'll have men that uh, are stronger than most women will be able to reach. But, you know, there there's so much overlap that um, making the comparison that uh, any one woman will be weaker or stronger than any one man is just, you know, you can't you're not going to be able to. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. But so, yeah. But I guess my, my overall point is, is that there are many other ways to be strong. Yep, absolutely. And I don't think there is recognized Right, no. physical strength is so obvious, and it's that it's easy to recognize. Um, and and we have to look harder for these other uh, types of strength that, in in a lot of ways, are probably stronger, like intelligence. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And just being, um, you know, clever. Yeah. Yeah. Curious. Curiosity yeah. is a strength. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it, it's kind of a we. I think that sometimes our view of strength is awfully narrow. Yeah. Well, it's like our view of beauty. Sure. Yeah. All right. Anything else there? Nah. Okay. And we shamed Ian, so we're good. We can move on. And you know, honestly, the return of the return of <laughs> Kings website. There's not really anything good we can say about them. Th- there's not from but this point so far. Th- you know, they haven't said anything that is either. Honestly, they haven't even said anything that's really particularly interesting. They are low hanging fruit. It is so easy to take apart. And and see the bullshit behind what they're saying, right? It's just an easy target. I find it a little, um, not really frightening, but kind of, uh, it makes me a little uncomfortable to look at their website because the realization that there are actual people out in the world like that is pretty, I find pretty disturbing. Sure. Guys, I found those images I was looking for. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Here, I'll send them to you. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and uh, are we ready to move on. <clears throat> Sounds like it. So what I have in um, in our uh, what the fuck are they thinking segment. Um, so this is actually from 2003. This uh, this uh, gentleman by the name of uh, I think it's Isaiah Smith was suspended from school, ripping pages out of a Bible. What's interesting about this is well, one of the things that's interesting about this is he was doing this in protest for uh, against the people that are bullying him for being gay. The school district that this is being filed against has a has a history of pro Bible stances where they were encouraging kids to pray before sports games and so on and so forth. And so this uh, this gentleman Isaiah Smith brought his Bible. It's important that this was his personal Bible. Where do you where do you see that it was his personal Bible? 
because all I see in the article I'm looking at here is that he pulled out a Bible. I don't know where he pulled it out from. Um, another. If he pulled it off out there, off of the school's bookshelf, then yeah, sure. But right, but yeah, his own Bible. He's he's allowed to do that. Okay, so this. Okay, but here, let me point out that this first article that I found, I was was the most extreme Christian view of this I could find. And this is from the Christian Post. The one that says is, that it's his personal Bible, I think, is from the Raw story. Okay. Oh, no, it's the Huffington Post. I'm pretty sure the Huffington Post article points out that it was his personal Bible, that he brought the Bible with him. His personal Bible. Okay. Yeah, yeah it is in the Huff Post article. Okay, so yeah. So I wouldn't expect the Christian Post article to point that out. No, uh, of course I, not. Okay. Okay. Um, I would my my personal thought is that if it's his own damn Bible, he can do whatever he damn well pleases. Right. So he's suspended. He gets suspended from school, and uh, it there's a couple of things. Um, so in his suspension notice, it basically said that he was, um, what did it say, disorderly. It basically um, you know causing a scene. And it, um, there's a quote here from Mark Thomas, a spokesman for the school district, saying um, saying that said in an uh, email statement to the Dallas o Observer that the incident had nothing to do with the Bible. It, um, it was not Bible-related. So basically saying it was—so it wasn't the Bible that got him suspended. Basically, he—he's saying that, that he was being uh, suspended for being disruptive. But okay. in this article from the Huffington Post— it says that when he went, uh, when the, so the first day he was called in to, after he ripped the pages out, he was, he was called into the vice principal's office and he was allowed to continue to carry his Bible for the rest of the day, but he wasn't supposed to rip any more pages out of it. The next day he got um, called back into the vice principal's office and that's when he suspended him. And what the vice principal said to him was, how do you think Muslims would feel if you were ripping pages out of the Quran? So clearly it, so, if the if the vice principal said that to him, it clearly had something to do with the fact that it was the Bible, right? Yeah, that is that is a that does seem to be a religious basis, right? So that seems to contradict what uh, what was said by Mark Thomas. What uh, I you know I want to be on the side of this kid, but I don't think it's appropriate to rip pages out of books. Well, but it was his book. Right, right, and but he's in school, so I agree with like. And these were Christian kids saying that it was that it was against that it was against re their religion to be gay. gay, and they were bullying him because of it. So that's why he chose the Bible to rip pages out of. So in that respect, I I, I kind of like where he went with that. Right, he went right to the heart of their you know, and and he doesn't believe, at least he didn't at the time, that the Bible was anti-gay. That it said you couldn't be gay. So why did he rip pages from it? Because these Christians were telling him that their book said it was an okay to be gay. So that's why he chose Leviticus specifically. Yeah. They were citing chapter and verse to it. Right. So he yeah, was. Yeah, but ripping the pages out of an imaginary fairy tale doesn't change the. Well, no, but it upset them. And that was the point, right? Ah. I mean, that, that was the whole point. If he, if he had started ripping pages out of Mark Twain, only atheists would have been upset. Right. Or not. Or not, uh, or, or or not, <laughs> or just kind of like oh, at that point they would have just looked at him like, why are, why are you ripping pages out of that book? <laughs> That's a decent. That book's in decent shape. Why are you? <laughs> That's exactly right. So, to, so yeah, I mean, they make it uh, a thing about being offended. There's this cool quote by Stephen Fry. He says, "It's now very common to hear people say, 'I'm rather offended by that,' as if it gives them certain rights. 
It's no more than a whine. It has no meaning. It has no purpose. It has no reason to be respected as afraid. Right. I'm offended by that. Well, so fucking what? <laughs> right, but I think that's why he did it, because he knew that it would be offensive to them. But here's right. the thing, is that they suspend this kid, and they never deal with the underlying issue of the bullying. The bullying. I was just going to no. say that, yeah. Instead yeah. of dealing with the bullying think, at the front end. Right, they deal with that, the... That was just to your point about him, about the principal saying, well, how, right. would you, how, how do you think Muslims would feel if you ripped out the Koran? Well, they'd be offended. So fucking what? So what? It's okay for people to be offended. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, um... I I I kind of I'm kind of looking at this from another viewpoint though. Also, HuffPost posted their story on the fourth. Uh, Christian Post posted theirs on the fifth, which means that their story is in reaction to the HuffPost, most likely. Maybe. And you know, Texas is no longer the biggest state in the United States, but apparently it is the biggest target now. They've really they've really kind of made themselves a they've made themselves a very, very easy target for this particular type of article. And well, I mean, there is a kind of, I mean, there, there is a section of Texas where a lot of this is going on. It's not going on in places like, like Dallas. I don't think it's not going on in places like Houston. It's not going on in the big liberal cities. It's going no, on. But I you think, know. I think that at the point, at this point, we need to look at articles that touch upon this stuff and really, really take into account the fact that, Texas is an easy target, and maybe that's why a lot of these stories are coming out of there. Well, but there's a lot of them coming out of Texas. You, you the mean problem. the state that's right now declaring that it is prepared in case Obama decides to try and declare martial law and um, take it over? Yeah, there's so much crazy coming out of that state. <laughs> yeah, if Texas is a target, it's making itself one with a lot of what it's doing. Mm. Right, yeah. their legislators but, are, are that crazy. But I, I'm making the point that as skeptics— we need to look at, yeah, they are making themselves easy targets, but people who are taking shots at easy targets still need to be looked at. Well, what's your point? My point is that we need to look more carefully at any of this type of stuff. Well, here's the thing is that the uh, American Humanist Association t took this up. They went to the school, told them that it was inappropriate and was a violation of his free speech rights. Mm -hmm. And that they wanted this removed from his record. So they, so they, so this was removed from his permanent record. So the okay. suspension is gone. So they reneged after, after it was pointed out to them that, that they were going to get sued and, and that they were going to lose. So the Christians would say that bullying this kid or stopping the bullying would be a violation of those kids' free speech rights. Right. Exactly. It, it it's, it's a violation of, of their bullying rights. You're bullying them if you were, if you don't let them bully the, the gay guy. Religious freedom yeah, and all exactly. that. Yeah. So, which is, Ridiculous. Yeah. But that's what kind of bullying, bullying are we talking about here? I mean, well, I guess I guess it doesn't have to say. say verbal bullying is kind of within the realm of free speech, but if they're like pushing him around or something, I, I don't know. But even well, even verbal even bullying is inappropriate speech, in school. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater, and ver verbal bullying has been proven to lead to suicide and other stuff like that. So Right. That, well, that, I mean, the, I'm not saying that it's, it's not a, that, like, verbal bullying, of course, is terribly hurtful to people. But free speech or not, that, you, you can't damage people. You're not allowed to. So, I mean, it, you know, that, that's the bullshit. I, I don't think, I don't uh, think there's any law against causing emotional damage to people. If that was the yes, case, then. <laughs> If that was the case, then uh, breakups would be, you know, brought well, to court all the time. Thing. 
a, you know, a, a breakup's not you targeting someone to make them feel bad. And a breakup it can, can be. Nasty. A lot of the time it is. Yeah. But, you know, specifically verbally bullying someone because, just because, yeah. Th- th- I'm, there are I'm not saying that it's not wrong. I'm just saying that uh, I I think that should fall within the realm of free speech. Here's the thing is that these articles make it sound, make it appear to me that the bullies got away with their bullying and that this and the and that when he stood up for himself, he got suspended. That's that is the position of the articles. Even the even the one from the um, from the Christian Post, as much as they're trying to swing it the other way, still comes out making it look like he got the, the bullies got away with it. And he got what he deserved because he defaced a Bible. Right. Well, that's how they make it look. The HuffPo um, ha- has a different take on it. But regardless, right. they didn't deal with the whole situation. Whether or not you want to, you want to look at this and say well, he was being disruptive, the people that were bullying him were also doing wrong. And so instead of dealing with the whole group, they, they targeted one person. And that's the whole problem here is that maybe what he was doing was disruptive and needed to be dealt with. But oh, so where, where did all did those do bullies. This? Was it uh, during a class or See, was it like at recess? I can't tell. And, and even if he did it in a class, well, I mean. Yeah, he, um, turning the Bible up, it did say in class. Yeah, maybe he did it in class. Maybe, and so, oh, during, and, during lunch hour or while the, they were well, supposed um, to be. What did it say? It said, actually, they were having a discussion is the way, where is it? He entered first period Spanish class and began telling him the Bible stance on homosexual, uh, homosexuality. If they're they doing that, a page in the class. Basically, you know, and this is the article that was from the um, Christian side of things. So they're saying that um, basically they started telling him how horrible, you know, what the Bible says about homosexuality, and he in response. So I think what, I think what Ian was saying was um, he went into a class and the um, I don't, the kids the other kids started telling him that homosexuality. Like, well, the question is was the, was it a class in progress or was it like a free the, period or it doesn't say. at the beginning yeah. I think I thought I heard Ian say Spanish class. Yeah, it's first period Spanish class. So why wasn't the teacher putting a stop to that? That doesn't sound like Spanish class. Like, were, were they in some sort of study group or something? Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say. doesn't say. Does so it there, matter, there's though? a lot of, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if, the, if they're telling him one thing and his response is to rip up a Bible, they either deal with the whole situation, but if they single him out, they, they've got a problem. And it sounds like they singled him out no matter when it happened. And especially if it was happening in front of teachers and staff, the bullying. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am assured by people in Texas that not all of Texas has this problem, that, that some of them reject the state standards, that, that, that they are willing to not take the state money and just to not follow their guidelines. <laughs> so you've actually been to Texas. Uh, I was in Texas last week, in fact. And, and I, oh, and I, and I was, and I was talking to somebody about this very issue about the, the crazy stuff coming out of Texas. And they're like, listen, Katie schools in particular, is is one of the best school districts in Texas, and and, and they, they they have much higher standards. So maybe it isn't all of Texas. I mean, even though the state board is crazy, the, these little pocket, the or well, little pockets, Houston's huge. Uh, realize that um, that they're wrong, and they're going to still do stuff properly. So it, I don't think it's all of Texas. I really do think that it is a even in Texas, this stuff is fringe. They're just noisy about it, no, too. Wow. It's part of it. 
Brian, it didn't happen in Spanish, not French. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Mac, you're probably right that this is fringe stuff, but, man, there's just so much of it coming. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas is where this yeah. shit comes from. Hey, I didn't say anything about picking on Oklahoma. Well, it's that that's easy to do, too. <laughs> that's right. And, 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 and really— And advised. Yeah, and— well, in um, Florida, hey, hey, after all, they've got a musical. Yeah, so I mean, there there are certain pockets where we just get a lot of news. And let's face it, we're covering this stuff because it because it 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 makes us furious, right? I I don't think that most people are seeing this crap. You stop most people on the street; they have no idea what what the Texas school board is doing. They just have no clue. So we're hypersensitive to to a certain to a certain type of stuff that's going on for sure. I, I think that the real the real tragedy there is that the teacher didn't step in before it escalated. We don't know. We have no idea what happened here. That that's part of the problem with well, both of these stories. We we don't we don't hear anything that the teacher stepped in. So we can we are assuming at this point that they probably did not. Yeah, I don't know. Or if they did, it's it hard to know how to judge the situation if you don't know all the details. I mean, yeah. we weren't there. We were seeing these secondhand, thirdhand reports, and just from. I've been trying to piece it together, and it's like, uh, I don't know what went on here. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't either. I, I so. would have liked to have been a fly on the wall in that situation. Uh, I can say this. It was. It seems like it was handled inappropriately, that the bullies were never were never brought to task. It does seem like th- that seems to be a, a recurring theme here. If I had been a fly on the wall in the situation, I probably would have licked my hands, wiped them over my eyes, and then flew over and landed on somebody's lunch. <laughs> But the whole reason that I put this here is because the same student, now he's an ex-student, is now uh, is now the plaintiff in a suit against the Texas school district um, for Christian prayer, Christian prayer at uh, the school board meetings. So apparently they they were having Christian prayer at the school board meetings, and this same student. So I, I I'm guessing that after this incident that he was going to the school board meetings, and then and they found out that they were praying then. Yeah, I, I like the fact that he identifies himself as Christian, but still makes a still still takes a strong stance against, uh, you know, about the separation of church and state. Right, and the and I think that having the uh, a humanist group um, do the suit is actually a good idea because humanists don't care whether you're whether you're Christian or not. Humanism is a is a specific set of I don't know if you want to call them tenets or whatever that you know have to do with you know human dignity. So, yeah, so they're the ones bringing up the suit as opposed to the Freedom from Religion Foundation who – I mean they have plenty of stuff going on. But when they bring a suit, you clearly know that it's an atheist – I uh, is it an atheist agenda? I mean it's certainly a secular agenda where I don't know that all humanist groups necessarily always have the same secular agenda in mind. Well, you might also think though that at the same time if the Freedom from Religion Foundation brings a suit against somebody – that might tend to prejudice certain minds against the suit. Oh, I think it does. But, you know, they're usually right. I mean, they, they, I think that they've won the majority of their suits. They've had some losses. The FFRF. Yeah, the FFRF, yeah. They've had some losses, but for the most part, I think that they have, they've been fairly successful um, when they approach the issue properly. They, and they learned oh, from their losses how, how to do things differently and, you know. To Max's point, though, about how cool it is that a Christian doesn't think this is appropriate, um, you know, we see time and time again where these people lobby to have prayers at public meetings, Christian prayers at public meetings, not realizing that they're opening the door to other faiths. 
invocations at their damn public meetings. So they get totally blindsided when the Hindus or the yeah, <laughs> or exactly. whoever wants to come in. Yeah. yeah. Or the Satanists. Or the Satanists. <laughs> or Let's the not forget about the Sagittarians. Right? Or the um, uh, Flying Spaghetti Monster folks. Or Yeah. Right. So in, in the first one... Or all the rest of those heathens. <laughs> um, I, in the first one, I, um, Isaiah Smith, they were threatening to sue. Um, but they didn't end up having to because the because the school district did the right thing. This time they are suing, and uh, and I also have a link here to the uh, press release from the American Humanist Association. And and of course this is on behalf of the former student Isaiah Smith. Does that uh, press release say anything about the healthful benefits of coffee? It doesn't, but I bet Terry can tell us about that. So coffee is one of my very favorite things. I don't know if you guys know this about me. Um, uh, New York Times has a great article um, about the health benefits of coffee. It's called More, Co- More Consensus on Coffee's Benefits Than You Might Think. And the author goes through kind of uh, these, these meta-analyses of studies of its impact on like heart health and cardiovascular disease and stroke and cancer and all kinds of um, medical studies that showed a correlation of benefit drinking a reasonable amount of coffee, not, you know, It's got crazy. diabetes benefits too. Oh, is it, is that in there too? Um, well, no, I know this. I don't think it's in the article, but it is, it's something I know of from having discussions with my uh, roommate. Well, you, uh, if you're not drinking the uh, super sugary, you know, like ice cream latte stuff, it's pro- you know, if you're drinking coffee, that's not too sugary and creamy, uh, I don't know what the mechanism is, but I was just so happy to see, like, they talk about liver cancer and prostate cancer and breast cancer and all of these uh, studies showing a correlation of uh, health outcomes with drinking coffee. I think the normal healthy ratio is a 50-50 ratio, isn't it? 50% sugar to 50% coffee? Yeah, geez. (laughs) You know what else they didn't cover is um, whether whether, um, how much sperm is in your coffee. Oh, uh, it's got to be the sperm of sodomites. <laughs> the sodomites, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, <laughs> no other sperm will do. I mean, I, I do like my coffee extra creamy. So I just like I like that it's. Of course, I want to cherry pick any article that supports my already strongly held beliefs, and <laughs> I like to drink coffee. I like to drink good coffee. Um, so yeah, it's nice that. Uh, it says it's the first time that the Dietary Guideline Advisory Committee has reviewed the effects of coffee on health, which is cool. And, um, yeah, you were not, don't feed it to your kids. Don't drink gallons of it. Um, but Actually, it might be, they, they, they said that no, there was not an issue feeding it to your kids. Why don't you feed it to your kids? There, there was no issue with that. In fact, one of, that's one of the things that the article said is that this idea that giving coffee to your kids is bad for them is a myth. They, they, uh, they did not say you couldn't, that you shouldn't do that. Sure. I guess for me, as a parent, uh, my kids are already jacked up enough. I don't need to <laughs> add to that. But. You know, don't give them a good you French. You can buy chocolate-covered coffee beans. Maxwell House or something, but... I mean, I'm not saying get the stuff with, with the sodomite semen to your kids. I mean, save that right. for yourself. Say, yeah, I would yeah. never share the Give sodomites. them, like, the lower-quality bull semen. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually might cost more to... Uh, <laughs> To purchase then the sodomites. We're not talking about we're not talking about the prize bowl here. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's a nice way to do a little paradigm shift from thinking of coffee as this huge vice to uh, thinking of it as healthy. I wonder, uh, yeah, I wonder if that you know in Japan they actually do let the that their children drink coffee and they don't you know blink about it because I watch anime coming out of 
Japan a lot, and there are scenes with you got this children. They go in and they have a cup of coffee at at a place. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's pretty common. Yeah, they they yeah. do that young there, but you can't really take that as gospel on that either, because those same animes show people being raped by tentacles. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying um, that neither one of those necessarily happens that frequently in Japan. I'm trying to think about. Have you ever tried to be amorous with an octopus? <laughs> Cthulhu? No, is it Cthulhu? Is uh, it right? Cthulhu yeah. semen in my coffee? Um, <laughs> it's demon semen usually mm-hmm. uh, when it's multiple penis tentacles. I'm pretty. I, I think those octopi get can get pretty tentacly on you. So I, I'm pretty sure that's not a myth. <laughs> <laughs> my fear is that more people will start drinking coffee, and there will be a um, we'll reach peak coffee bean. <laughs> you know, we've had this problem with uh with hops, you know, because there's so because there's so many of these uh uh, uh little breweries, you know, that, that hops has become quite a um they become more valuable, I think. Sure, that makes sense. And then of course we, we had some we had I think it was flooding that or it was droughts that uh, jacked up the hops prices, so you know, beer prices went up and and they never have gone down. So I think it's a conspiracy. It was both flooding and droughts, Brian. It, it could be with the way that things are going. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. And, it, and and it was locusts, oddly enough. Who who knew? It's end of days. Yeah, dogs and cats were living together. It's the homosexuals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing you can guarantee about the end of days is that Arnold dies at the end of the movie. Well, so there is a light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I think that's the one movie. Uh, okay, the the one movie in which Arnold Schwarzenegger is a hero that he dies in the movie. Doesn't he die in Terminator Two? But yet he's kind of a hero. Oh, okay. Point. He is a hero because he swears he will not kill anybody. Well, because he was told that he couldn't kill anybody. Yes. Yes. And he shoots a guy in the knee and says, "He'll live." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Is there? Anything else? Not unless I have a cup of coffee. <laughs> Say if you haven't seen it yet, I sent you that picture of that Japanese oh. children's book that I told you about. Okay. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> I, ha- I have a book. <laughs> that's pretty Hold on. You got anything you want to discuss? <laughs> All right. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. And that's another one in the can. And that's another one in the can. Thank you. Well, if you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. You could always roast us in a voicemail at 720-295-7785. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. So, hand it to an unsuspecting friend, but please, just don't change the content. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraitry. <laughs>